Welcome to the Loved Called Gifted podcast. This is your place to come for musings about spirituality, identity and purpose. I'm your host, Catherine Cowell. I'm really delighted to be joined today by Lizelle. Lizelle and I met through Spiritual Direction. So do you want to talk a bit about who you are and how we met? Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Lizelle Tace. I am originally from South Africa, but I've been living in the Netherlands for the last five years. I am married to Matt, who is a vicar in the Anglican Church. And uh, we have a gorgeous dog and a baby on the way. I really thought that spiritual direction is something that I wanted to look look into. My husband was very much involved in it in his training to become ordained as a priest. And he mentioned it to me. And I thought, well, maybe this is something for me. So I did some research and I did some Googling and I came across Catherine. So do you want to talk about a, a bit about what what was going on for you? What made you think that spiritual direction would be helpful? Yeah, so I, I also, um, I always had this feeling that I was not really walking in the purpose that God had for me. I felt like I was not going through my spiritual life in the way that I should be. And I wasn't doing, ticking the boxes and the things that were expected of me. So I thought, for instance, not having an hour of quiet time reading the Bible and studying scripture every day. I'm not sitting in my room quietly praying for hours. And that really made me feel that I wasn't good enough and that I wasn't doing what was expected of, you know, someone who says that they're a strong Christian or someone who believes. And I really felt that maybe having a spiritual director would would challenge me to be more of that and to do more of those things. Yeah, that's not quite how it went, is it? No, it did not. <laughs> it did not. So I remember our first conversation and you actually said to me when I explained all of this to you and I said to you, well, you know, I really feel like I should be studying the Bible. And I have so many examples of people that I know from from back home and seeing it in my husband as well, who just they can sit for an hour and have quiet time and listen to worship music and just pray. And and I always felt a little bit envious of that. And I felt like that was the way that it was supposed to be. And then I remember that you said to me, you know, but, but God made you in a certain way and gave you certain skills and certain abilities and certain talents. And he doesn't want you to worship him like other people do. He wants you to worship him in a way that is comfortable and right for you. And I'm a, a teacher, I'm a special education teacher. And I believe that all children learn in a different way and express themselves in a different way. And so it was kind of such a revelation to me. It was such a aha moment that, you know, I also then worship in a different way to other people. And that was really a revelation. And I, I felt like it was so obvious, but somehow I missed it because I had this expectation in my mind that I thought this is what a good Christian looked like. Yeah, and I don't think you're alone in that at all. We seem to end up with this list of oughts, and I don't quite know where we get them from, possibly church culture, but it's not at all unusual. Not at all. Yeah. So I recall 
asking something along the lines of, well, where do you connect best with God? Yeah, and um, I then started realizing that actually my relationship with God was in a really good place, but not in the place that I had expected it to be. So, for instance, I really connect with God when I go for walks with my dog, when I'm in nature, when I'm just walking and being quiet and looking at things around me, when I listen to certain worship music while I'm walking, and simply just talking to God throughout the day, uh, little things that pop up in my head, you know, I'll see the sunrise or I'll see it's a beautiful day and I'll say, God, thank you so much for that. Or I'll think about my husband as I'm walking and I'll go, oh, God, thank you for him, you know, bless him. So actually, I had this relationship with God where I I just speak to him all the time and I feel like I meet with him very often. And that didn't look like how I thought it would, you know, reading the Bible for an hour and then being close to God, because that actually doesn't really work for me, to be honest. I'm not the kind of person who can sit still. My mind is so busy. I've got so much going on. So I find it really difficult to sit still for an hour and read the Bible. It just doesn't come naturally to me. And I really feel that you made me see that that was okay. Yeah. So how how has that realization, what impact has that had on you, do you think? Well, it definitely has taken such a load off my shoulders because I don't have this perfect picture of what a Christian should be. You know, I I just don't have that anymore in the back of my mind thinking, oh, you know, you didn't have quiet time today. And I must say that there are some days where I feel, oh, I really would like to read the Bible now. And I pick up the Bible and I start reading and I start studying scripture. And that's maybe once a week or once every two weeks or three weeks. And and I don't have a a pressure on it. I don't have a limit on it. I don't go, oh, you haven't read the Bible for five days. What kind of Christian are you? So it's just actually such a big relief. And it's also really helped me get rid of such anxiety that I've been holding in myself because of the expectations and the, the pressure that I have put on myself. And that's a that's a profound shift to have made, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I really feel like it, it has just completely set me free. And um, now I worship God and I know that what I have, my relationship with God is beautiful and it is really meaningful and it is really strong. And it just took someone from from England to, to help me see that. So I'm just really grateful that that, you know, that we could have had this conversation. And I really feel that, you know, it wasn't a coincidence that we met. It was a God incident. Yeah, it just really opened my eyes to to this. As you were talking, I was wondering how your perception of how God sees you might have shifted. I always had this feeling that, you know, I always knew that God loved me. I always knew that because um, I had quite a, quite a difficult uh, past and I feel that God has blessed me with so many amazing things, you know, with a really great marriage, with a really great job living here in the Netherlands has been amazing my family are all supportive so I just feel that I know that he loves me because of you know the way that he's blessed me and the way that he's always there for me but I do feel that he was always a little bit disappointed in me you know for not reading the bible for a long time or for not spending hours in prayer and that kind of thing so I you know not completing that bible study book that I bought two years ago And now I just feel like God really delights in my worship. I feel that the things that he has given me, 
to use to worship, I'm using, you know, my eyes and my imagination and speaking to him in my heart. And, and I feel that he really just delights in my worship, which is, you know, just makes me feel very, very loved and very, very adored by God. It's just lovely. It's such a great feeling. It's just, um, and you know, I never thought that I would feel this way without having to work so hard for it. Because I always thought, well, you know, if I put in a lot of work, a lot of effort into, you know, being a good Christian and reading my Bible and saying my prayers and going to church every Sunday, which I still do, by the way. But, you know, I thought if I ticked all those boxes, then I would finally feel, yes, accepted and loved by God. But actually just being myself and using what he's given me is making me feel that now, which is just, yeah, incredible. Yeah. So there was something about putting down that big pile of oughts and you have to do it like this. And this is what a holy Christian really looks like. And taking a step back to simply notice where you were already connecting with God has been just deeply helpful. Absolutely. It's been really, really deeply helpful. I, I think I went really through a stage where I thought that my Christian life was not in a very good place and um, just by having the conversations with you that we had over the course of a couple of weeks, I just I just felt like, well, actually, my relationship with God is in a very, very good place. And I really cherish our time together. And we have very meaningful, deep relationships. So, you know, that's really freeing. And that's really such a big relief. I'm also remembering that one of the that one of the orcs that you were kind of carrying with you was not just about how you worship, but also about how you ought to feel about things. Oh, yeah, this is definitely something that uh, I've been struggling with for a very, very long time. And I feel that this is a journey for me. So I'm still dealing with it. But um, I kind of felt like you should be joyful and happy with everything that happens in your life. And um, I sort of had this idea of, well, in the Bible, it says, you know, that these people were in prison, but yet they were still worshipping and they were still so joyous and happy and stuff like that. And I just felt like when I think about the bad things that have happened in my life, I should just sort of brush them off and go, well, you know, it was God's will and that's okay. And I'm going to move on now. And I remember clearly the conversation we had and you said to me, but those things that have happened to you have actually, they're actually really terrible and you should feel bad about it. And I, I just felt like, you know, I couldn't speak to God about it really because it was his will and I had to accept it. And I think through our conversations, I came to the realization that God wants me to open up to him and he wants me to tell him how I feel. And so I actually remember I had about a week or two where I just was really angry at God. And it really from from church background and I went to a very strict church when I was younger and that felt so wrong. You know, I almost felt a little bit rebellious doing it. I was like, oh, you know, being angry at God, this is really a big step. But I felt through doing that and through saying that, you know, Lord, when, when this happened to me, that actually really was awful. And I, I, I really am angry about that. And I'm really, you know, I don't like that. And I felt like doing that, it just sort of uprooted these, these weeds that were growing in my heart that, you know, the roots had gone so deep that I just kept putting soil over them. And I think that's what you actually told me is that you just keep putting soil on top of everything, but you're not dealing with the bottom, with the, with the roots. I realized that that was true. So I actually started 
doing some gardening, some spiritual gardening. And I just took out all those roots and I dealt with every situation. And like I said, it's still a work in progress. But I just felt my heart just sort of lighten, you know. It just, it just didn't feel so heavy anymore. And I just didn't feel like I was carrying so much anger. And I actually could feel that physical symptoms that I'd had, for instance, stomach ache or just feeling a little bit short of breath and, and tightness in my chest and things like that, that are all related to this anxiety. I just felt that that was going as well. You know, I wasn't feeling that way anymore because I was finally dealing with those roots that were in my heart. Because it doesn't go away, does it? When you're carrying emotional stuff and you're trying to pretend it's not there it just doesn't it doesn't seem to walk away by of its own accord no we wish it would but no it doesn't <laughs> and again that's quite a profound shift in terms of how you're viewing god so you've sort of gone from the space of believing that you can't admit those things in front of god and that you need to sort of hide it because it's not acceptable to a place of knowing that actually it's all right to talk about it and I, I wonder what your sense of where God was in the middle of those angry conversations. Yeah, this is going to sound very strange, but I actually felt like like God was cheering me on as I was doing it. You know, I felt like he was saying to me, yes, girl, like finally get it out and and deal with it now. And And I felt like, you know, he was almost like, well, this is the kind of reaction that I've been expecting from you, you know. And because I do believe that even though, you know, things are going to work out according to God's will, I do believe that when we are sad and when we are, are broken and we are hurt, I do feel that God feels that as well, that God is also sad with us and he's also hurt for us and, and with us. I just felt like he was walking alongside me in that and, and he was sort of telling me, yes, yes, come on, let it out, let it out, you know. I definitely felt him just bringing the sense of peace because as soon as I would deal with something and, and be angry about something, I was to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and fill that soil. You know, I saw this picture in my mind of this root and then there's this empty piece of soil and that it would just be filled again. And I would pray that the Holy Spirit would come and do that. And I really, really feel that that he did that and that he continues to do that. The more I speak to him and the more I express those pent up frustrations and angers that I have. Yeah, I, I love that picture of God cheering you on. Last year, actually, I, I was in a situation where I'd got some stuff that I'd, I'd not sort of dealt with and I needed to. I needed an angry moment and um, ended up in a in a piece of woodland with a friend who'd said, yeah, no, you really need to. I'd said, I think I need a bit of a shout. Um, yeah. And um, I ended up <laughs> I ended up in this piece of woodland hitting trees with sticks. And he said that he felt that the only thing he felt that the only thing that God was saying to him was, keep giving her more sticks. <laughs> oh, I've definitely had some screaming moments. I would scream into my pillow or I think you told me to put on some very angry music. So I, I would listen to uh, Maniskin. I don't know if you know who that is, but they're very angry. And I listened to them and I would just be so mad. And um, yeah, I definitely, definitely feel that God was sort of cheering me on and saying, go for it and, and let it all out, my girl, you know, and, and I really felt like that was just such a normal reaction for me to have, which is, you know, it's just very sad that that you think. And I think also because, you know, my husband is a priest and, and works in church and I'm a, a vicar's wife. And I think there's a certain, you know, people put a kind of pressure on you that you have to be a certain way. 
So whenever we had disappointments in our in our life uh, within the last 10 years of marriage, I would bounce back very easily. And people would say to me, oh, you're so strong and your faith is so strong and this is so amazing. I would feel so good about that. But actually on the inside, I wasn't feeling very good about it. And I was just not letting anyone see it. Even at one stage, my husband had said to me, because we had had a disappointment, we were looking at adoption, actually. And uh, we had gone through the first process, we'd had the meetings, we'd had the intake and everything. And then the Dutch government decided that they were going to stop all international adoptions for they didn't know how long a period of time. And so that was a really, really big blow for us. And I can remember waking up on the Saturday morning, the Friday night, I was still reading a book about what to expect when you're adopting. And I woke up the next morning and my husband said to me, I've got some bad news, look what's in the paper. And he showed me this article. So we had no warning whatsoever. And I remember feeling like someone had just punched me in the stomach. And within like five minutes, I completely bounced back. And I said to my husband, well, this is obviously, you know, what God wants for us. And and that's okay. And we're going to move on and on to the next thing, you know. And yeah, and he, and he said to me, well, this was not what I had expected you to be like, you know, he said, this is not the reaction that I had expected. But I felt like that was the reaction that everybody else expected of me, that I would have such faith that I would be able to say, well, this is God's will, and now we're going to move on. And I remember people were really shocked and really, you know, like, wow, you guys have dealt with this so easily, and, and this is a miracle, and wow, you're so blessed, and your faith is so strong. And that would sort of also feed my self-esteem a little bit and feed my ego a little bit because my faith is so strong. But actually, it was really a time for me to have mourned. And I only realized that much later, you know, months later, I actually broke down and just started crying and let everything out. And my husband, Matt, said to me, well, this is the reaction that I had expected months ago. You know, and I kind of feel like this is what God was saying to me when I was going through my angry stage with him is that he was saying, well, this is the reaction that I expected. And now I can be here with you. Because just like Matt was just, I was lying on the bed and he was sitting next to me holding me and I was sobbing. I felt like God was doing that to me. You know, he was just holding me while I was so angry and while I was sobbing about the disappointments that I had. That's really profound. And it, it's interesting, isn't it, how how other people's sort of perceptions have an impact. And you said that you were hiding what was going on from other people. I wonder if you were also hiding it from yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, I felt like every single time it came up, I would just sort of push it away and say, well, I'm not going to think about this now. And I used to think that that was a very healthy thing to do. I used to think, well, I can really control my emotions and I, I'm not going to ruminate on this situation anymore. But I think that there definitely is a time and a place for that. I've had lots of therapy over the years. I'm suffering with anxiety. And I know that therapists often say, well, you shouldn't ruminate about something. You should think about it all the time. But I do think that there is something to be said for the fact that we can sit and think about it and delve really deep into it and deal with it and feel the pain. And then there's a point where you say, well, I've dealt with it, I felt it, I've cried about it, now I can let it go. And then we have to, you know, stop ourselves from not overthinking it and pulling that out of the gutter again and dealing with it again and again. But I do think that there is something to be said for, for just allowing yourself to feel and allowing yourself to think things through. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's also, isn't there, that kind of Christian mantra of don't be ruled by your feelings. And I've known people who, I've known a lot of people who would sort of find a favourite Bible verse to throw at it. So, you know, I'm feeling like this, but all things work together for the good of those who love God. Isn't it annoying when they do that? <laughs> yes. I mean, I definitely feel that there is power in scripture and it's it's really, really good to to have certain verses that pop up when you're feeling a certain way or when you're going through something, you know, definitely. But I do feel that sometimes we just throw things at people because we want to, again, cover it up with a little bit of soil, you know. So I feel like people will say, well, just trust that everything, like now with the my pregnancy I'm four months pregnant at the moment which is very exciting um but you know obviously I'm a little bit nervous and I and I have moments where I question and I doubt is everything okay and then sometimes people will say to me and I know they mean so well but they say just trust trust that it will all be all right well sure but um you know am I trusting that it's all going to be okay or am I trusting that even if it's not okay God is still going to be there and that is really, you know, I think we need to be very careful when we say certain things, you know, or when something bad happens and we say, well, it's God's will. It obviously wasn't meant to be, you know, that can actually be very hurtful to hear at a time where, where you feel that your heart is breaking and you don't understand why things are happening. And I've realized that, that sometimes we just say things, Christians just say things because we, we want to make people feel better. And I know that I found myself doing this at work recently when some people would tell me things that's going on with them and their families. And I work at a, a secular school and there aren't a lot of Christians there. And I, I would say to them, oh, I'll pray for you. But then the one day I realized, well, do I actually pray for these people? No, I didn't. I just said it because I felt like it was the right thing to say at the right time. And I think there's something to be said about that. We need to be careful about saying those kind of things. And I know that people mean well, but just think twice before you say that. But what would you say instead? Well, I think definitely, you know, that if you want to say, I'm going to pray for you, or can I pray for you, or you're my prayers, then really do mean that and really do pray for the person. But I also think there's, there's something really profound in just hearing, you know what, I'm here for you. And I'm so sorry this happened to you. This is really terrible. There's just something in that that just makes you feel so much better when you're going through something terrible. You know, and I'm not talking about the classic, I know what you're going through. Please don't say that because, you know, everybody deals with things in a different way. But just saying I'm here for you, you know, I'm so, so sorry. I think that's that would be really helpful. Yeah. So simply hearing, witnessing for somebody else the depth of the pain that they're going through. Absolutely. I think just acknowledging it, because sometimes we can be so quick to say, well, you know, there are worse things happening in the world. Well, that's what I say to myself if something bad happens. You know, I'll say, well, there's war in the world and there's, you know, all these terrible things happening and people are dying, school shootings, all these kind of things, you know, and surely my little problem is not, is nothing compared to that. I remember once hearing someone say to me, wow, you know, that that's really terrible. That's really awful. And just feeling so free, feeling so, you know, relieved that I could actually grieve and I could actually be sad because what was happening to me was genuine and was being acknowledged by other people. 
I think there's something really powerful about that. Yeah, and that that brings me back to thinking that it's just so important that we have that openness in our relationship with God, because if that is our our foundational, most profound point of connection, then actually it is in that very space that we need to know that it's all right to feel what we're feeling and that God is with us in that, that we are understood that there is empathy at the centre of the universe, not a sort of, well, you better get on with it. Yeah. Kind of thing going on. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So in summary, it sounds as if your journey has been moving more and more towards being yourself with God and with yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is the most freeing thing ever. You know, I think there's there's so much pressure for people today, you know, with with looking a certain way and having a certain kind of job and and just having this added of being a certain kind of Christian is just ridiculous, you know. It's just it just adds this extra pressure on you that you really don't need. And I really feel that, I mean, it's still a journey for me. I'm still going through the process, but I really feel that spiritually I have found myself and I have found who I am in God. And I really love the things that he's given me. I love the fact that I can speak to him. And it's actually, I belong to a home group and it's, it's given me really the courage to share a lot of my own experience um, you know, of how I speak to God, because some people will say, well, I don't hear from God or I don't, I, I can't have that relationship with God. And just sharing, you know, well, actually, this is how I relate and this is how I speak to God has really opened up a lot of conversation. And I think that that has really also given other people the feeling of, wow, okay, so that's actually not sitting in your room for an hour and a half praying and having quiet time. She's just walking to the shop or going to the mall or whatever, you know. And I think that 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 is something that I could only do if I feel that what I'm doing is working for me. And I really do feel that. I feel that my relationship with God is in such a better place and not because I took up so many extra things that I needed to do but just because I put those things out of my mind and I focused on what I had been doing all along and realizing that that was okay yeah and the very act of talking about what's happening for you and being confident about that hopefully will be helpful to other people and I was just thinking it would have been very difficult to sit in your house group and say well I meet God when I'm walking the dog at the point when you were feeling that that wasn't that kind of wasn't wasn't what you were allowed to do absolutely I never would have said that and and I remember sometimes doing bible studies with our, our home group and we were doing it online because of covid and I remember towards the end nearly falling asleep because it just wasn't, you know, it's just not for me. I just, I just don't enjoy that. And I just would never have said to them that I meet with God while walking my dog or I meet with God while, you know, in the shower or something. I never would have said that because I would think that they would judge me so much for that. Because to me, I thought that, well, all Christians enjoy this kind of, you know, intellectual Bible study where you're reading the Greek Bible and, and all these, you know, I, that's what I really thought. And now I realize from, from me having said, well, actually, this is how I meet with God. Other people are popping up and saying, well, actually, this is what I'm, this is how I meet with God. This is how, you know, so it's just, there are so many different ways that we can meet with God. 
And when we talk about it, when we share our own experiences, we realize that there are so many other extra ways as well. You know, my friend from home who really loves painting and that brings her close to God. You know, another friend loves photography and that brings him close to God. So there are just so many different ways, so many different talents that God has given us and we can use those to worship him. And he loves it. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Lizelle, for this conversation. It's been great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, thank you for sharing so openly. Oh. Yeah, it's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Loved Called Gifted podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email lovedcalledgifted at gmail.com. You can find a transcript of this podcast at lovedcalledgifted.com. And that's also the place to go if you're interested in the Loved Called Gifted course or if you'd like to find out about spiritual direction or coaching. Thank you for listening. Thank you.